Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 29th of September. India reported 18,870 new cases of coronavirus infections in the last 24 hours. There were less than 20,000 cases reported for the third day in a row, resulting in a drop of active cases to 2.82 lakh in the country. Kerala, which has been an active contributor in adding to the tally, reported 11,196 cases and 149 deaths yesterday, while Maharashtra and Haryana reported 64 each. With 378 fatalities in the last 24 hours, the death toll climbed to 4,47,751. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. The provisional data show that more than 53 lakh vaccine doses were administered yesterday, taking the cumulative number to 87.59 crore. According to the Indian Express, so far 68% of the estimated adult population has received their first dose and 24.61% are fully vaccinated. The center yesterday extended the nationwide COVID-19 containment measures till 31st of October in view of localized spreads of the virus in a few states and the disease continuing to be a public health challenge in the country. Meanwhile, Union Home Secretary Ajay Bhalla cautioned the chief secretaries of all states and union territories against the possibility of COVID-appropriate behavior not being adhered to strictly during the upcoming festival, which may lead to a surge in cases again. He said that despite a decline in COVID-19 cases, it is critical to enforce guidelines that allow regular festivities in a cautious, safe and COVID-appropriate manner. Globally, the coronavirus has infected over 233.57 million people and claimed more than 4.77 million deaths. A businessman identified as Manish Kumar Gupta died during a late-night police raid at a city hotel in Gorakhpur on Monday. Following the incident, NDTV reported that six policemen were suspended. Gupta was a resident of Kanpur, Uttar Pradesh. According to one of Gupta's friends, Hardeep Singh Chauhan, who was staying with the deceased in the hotel, five to seven policemen came to their room around 12.30 a.m. and asked them for their IDs. Chauhan alleged that the policemen appeared drunk. He said, and I quote, I was slapped by one of the policemen. Some of the policemen had guns. The cops then took me outside. A while later, I saw Manish was being dragged out of the room by the cops and there was blood all over his face, unquote. Meanwhile, the Gorakhpur police claimed that they had received information about suspicious men staying at the hotel. Vipin Tada, the police chief of Gorakhpur, said in a statement that Gupta died in an accident inside the room in an unfortunate manner. He added that the team immediately shifted him to a hospital. However, Gupta's family alleged that he was assaulted. According to NDTV, the victim's wife told the media that she was not convinced with the police's explanation. She said that just 10 minutes prior to his death, he was speaking to her over the phone and immediately hung up saying the cops had arrived. She said in a statement and I quote, I believe he later called another relative saying the police were harassing and threatening him and asked him to accompany them to the police station. I want answers to how he died, unquote. Shiv Sena MP Bhavna Gawali was summoned by the Enforcement Directorate today for interrogation on 4th of October in a case pertaining to money laundering registered against her and others. The news was confirmed to the Indian Express by official sources today. 
Gawali is a member of the Lok Sabha from the Yavatmal Washim seat in Maharashtra. The officials told Express that Gawali has been asked to testify before the investigating officer of the case at the ED office headquartered in South Mumbai. Meanwhile, the ED also arrested Gawali's close aide Said Khan yesterday in connection with the same criminal case filed under the provisions of the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. According to Express, the agency claimed before a special PMLA court in Mumbai yesterday that Gawali criminally conspired to convert a trust identified as Mahila Utkarsh Pratishthan into a private company with the assistance of Khan by forgery and fraud. They said it was done for layering of funds worth around Rs. 18 crore. Apart from Khan, Gawali's mother Shalini Tai Gawali has also been identified as the trust director according to the ED. The ED claimed that Khan had played an active role in forging documents and creating companies. The court has sent Khan to the ED custody till 1st of October. Listeners, before I move on to the next news update, I would like to inform you about the latest event that we have scheduled solely for our subscribers. On 30th of September, that is tomorrow, our reporter Nidhi Suresh will be doing a Discord voice live to go into the intricacies of her reporting on the Hathras case, where a 19-year-old Dalit woman was gang-raped by four Thakur men. Nidhi has been reporting on it extensively, even when it lost its space from the mainstream media. But it's restricted only for our subscribers. So if you aren't a subscriber already and want to catch her live, do so now. Head on to newslaundry.com and hit that red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our lowest subscription starts at Rs 300 a month only. Former Jammu and Kashmir Chief Minister Mehbooba Mufti tweeted today, stating that in an attempt to visit a village in Tral, which was allegedly ransacked by the army, she has been locked up in her house once again. According to India Today, Mufti remarked that the real picture of Kashmir must be displayed to the visiting dignitaries instead of Government of India's sanitized and guided picnic tours. Previously, on 7th of September, she had claimed that she was placed under house arrest, recalling that the administration had then told her that the situation is far from normal in Kashmir, stating that while the Indian government expressed concern for the rights of Afghan people, she said that it willfully denies the same to Kashmiris. She had described Kashmir as an open-air prison. Mufti had also opposed the centre for booking the family of separatist leader Syed Ali Shah Gilani under the UAPA law. She said, and I quote, Having turned Kashmir into an open-air prison, now even the dead aren't spared. A family isn't allowed to moan and bid a final farewell as per their wishes. Booking Gilani Sahab's family under UAPA shows Government of India's deep-rooted paranoia and ruthlessness. This is New India's Naya Kashmir, unquote. The India Meteorological Department announced today that the new cyclone Shaheen is most likely to develop in the North Arabian Sea by Thursday morning. According to the Indian Express, this will be the second cyclone after Tokte to develop in the basin of the Arabian Sea this year. The remnants of Cyclone Gulab, which had formed earlier in the Bay of Bengal, will intensify the development of this new brewing cyclone. According to IMD, as of today morning, Cyclone Gulab's trail lay as a well-marked low pressure over South Gujarat. The IMD stated in its bulletin that by Thursday morning, the system will intensify into a depression and continue moving west-northwestward. 
It also added that by Friday morning, the depression will further intensify into a cyclonic storm and emerge in the North Arabian Sea. The storm currently being called Shaheen will then be identified as Cyclone Shaheed once it emerges in the North Arabian Sea as proposed by Qatar authorities. Till Thursday, areas such as North Konkan, Gujarat, Kutch and Saurashtra will remain on red alert. However, IMD noted that there is no direct threat to India since the cyclone is expected to move away from India's west coast and head towards Pakistan's Makran coasts. As a precautionary measure, the fishermen from India and neighbouring Indian Ocean countries are advised not to venture into the sea till 2nd of October. Fumio Kishida, former foreign minister, was elected as Japan's Liberal Democratic Party's new leader on Wednesday. According to CNN, this ensures a path for him to become the country's next prime minister once parliament convenes in October. He will succeed outgoing Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga. He is expected to form a new cabinet and reshuffle the party's executive in early October. Japan's general election is slated for November this year and this win is only within the party. Defeating Vaccine Minister Taro Kono, Kishida received a total of 257 votes as against Kono who secured a total of 170 votes. In a speech following his victory, Kishida said he will start running at full speed to work toward a bright future for Japan. He said, and I quote, Japan's national crisis will continue. We must continue our efforts with a desperate determination to take measures against COVID-19, unquote. He also added that as a country, they must firmly develop economies of scale of several tens of trillions by the end of the year. He added, and I quote, Beyond that, there are many important issues related to Japan's future such as new capitalism, the realization of a free and open Indo-Pacific, and measures against the declining birth rate." Unquote. Under Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, Kishida served as the country's foreign minister, spanning from 2012 to 2017. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.